Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. This is episode 35 of All Things, and I want to thank you guys for listening in this year. My first episode launched on January 18th of this year, and I have really enjoyed taking a deep dive into the news and sharing my findings with you. I really appreciate all of you. Do me a favor. If you have benefited from all things in any way, would you leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you're using? These numbers really do help others find the podcast and understand what it's all about. Well, with the final day of 2019 being just hours away, I wanted to do a quick recap of the year by looking at some of the biggest headlines through a biblical lens. But I don't want to stop with just that. Something I often feel on the podcast is frankly just overwhelmed. I often feel discouraged by the bad news, and I'm guessing you do too. When I spend hours researching a topic like abortion or assisted suicide or religious cleansing or gender side or racism, it can become simply just really discouraging. It can feel like the world is very dark and that hope has been lost. When we look at world news, we can easily spiral into a sense of hopelessness. So how should we deal with this? How should Christians navigate the news? How can we strive to be globally aware and yet not get dragged down by all the bad news that we read? I'm going to take a look at that in the second half of this episode. But first, what I've ranked as the top five news articles of 2019. Now, this isn't exactly a scientific rating by any means. It's kind of what has just stuck with me after a year of staying focused on world and national events. Several of these headlines are also in the top rankings of other websites or polls that catalog the biggest news stories of the year. So this is kind of a combination of just my thoughts and what's fairly obvious in the media. So just five of the top news stories from my perspective. The first would be the impeachment. This probably goes without saying. For the third time in American history, the U.S. House of Representatives has voted to impeach a sitting president. Led by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats moved to impeach President Donald Trump on allegations that he abused power and obstructed Congress. The vote was almost exclusively party line, with Democrats in favor and Republicans opposed. The impeachment passed by the House, and it's now going to move to the Senate for a trial. But the Senate's really not likely to vote to remove the president, as the Senate has a Republican majority. So really, probably nothing is going to change. What I think the impeachment trials does reveal is something maybe we already knew, but it just shows us even more deeply that the leaders of both the Democrat Party and the Republican Party are deeply divided. And I think it feels like to the average American, it certainly does to me, that political leaders are kind of out for themselves and for the gains of their party, but not really out for the unity and good of the American people. It feels like leaders and candidates in both parties are increasingly divided, just moving further and further away from one another, leaving most Americans. Americans, I think, feeling politically homeless. In episode 21 of All Things, I looked at how really the majority of Americans would place themselves very much in the middle of our two political extremes. It's largely just the politicians and the media who cause our nation to appear extremely divided when, in fact, most of us have much more in common than we do in opposition. So moving forward into the 2020 election year, I think it's going to be key for Christians especially to invest in relationships with one another, to prioritize our faith over our politics, to share meals across the table with people from all walks of life, and to really place our emphasis and our hope in our God above all. It's just, it's going to be a tense 2020, you guys. We need to champion, I think, the two greatest commandments that we have in followers of Christ, that is loving God and loving others, especially as we move closer to November. Okay, so the second 
second greatest news story from 2019 from my perspective is going on in China. Headlines coming out of China this past year have been alarming. China's President Xi Jinping is also the head of the Chinese Communist Party, and he openly advocates for a return in China back to the days of the Cultural Revolution. This past year, we've seen reports of disappearing mosques and Muslims in China. We've heard about new and crowded thought transformation camps or re-education camps. We've seen evidence of widespread harvesting of prisoners' organs for the black market in China. We've seen a drastic increase in the persecution of Christians across the country. And of course, we're now going on months of massive and sometimes violent protests in Hong Kong. Those who live in Hong Kong are under the threat of having to return to the rule of Beijing and mainland China after decades of ruling themselves. They have freedom in Hong Kong as well as free press and free media, so they know the truth about what's happening in mainland China. Young protesters say they would rather die fighting for freedom than be under the dictatorship of Xi Jinping and the Communist Party. I covered more about China in episode 17 of All Things if you want to go back and listen. Okay, third news story from my perspective would be immigration in the United States. We saw a record number of asylum seekers and migrants arrive at the southern U.S. border with Mexico, leading to sweeping immigration enforcement measures by the Trump administration this year. Our hearts were just broken as we saw images of migrants at the border who were living in inhumane living conditions. We heard about the separation of children and parents, and also about the terrible deaths of immigrant children in custody at the border. I talked about this more at length in episode 18 of all things. And if you're like me, you have probably observed acquaintances or maybe even family and friends experience a lot of instability and fear and even deportation and separation of their families after they've lived here in the U.S. peacefully and productively for years and in many cases, decades. So immigration continues to be a huge crisis and concern for me in the United States. Okay, fourth news story would be what's going on in Syria. I haven't really covered this yet on all things, but it was the order, specifically what I'm talking about is the order in October. October of this year by President Trump to remove all American military forces from Kurdish Syria, while at the same time inviting or at least sort of allowing Turkey to move in to what was a relatively stable area and wreak havoc and violence against the Kurds. The Kurds there, in fact, fear that Turkey has its sights set on a genocide, wiping them totally out of the region. This is important because the Kurds have been American allies for a very long time, for decades. The Kurds fought ISIS in the region and kept them at bay. They also created a self-administration zone, including Christians and Arabs in the region. They created their own constitution. They were maintaining peace. They were keeping ISIS out. So things were going really well. Well, when the U.S. abruptly pulled our forces and Turkey moved in, the Kurds rightly felt incredibly betrayed and violence escalated immediately. Hundreds of thousands of Kurds have had to flee and many have died as a result of the violence. So I get the principle behind Trump's decision to get the U.S. out of any wars meaning in the Middle East. I get that principle. But in reality, in this case, we did so so quickly and irresponsibly, and we inflicted great harm on our allies in the region who were keeping the peace. And not only that, but so much of the progress that the United States has accomplished there in the last several years and our allies in NATO has now been erased. Okay, fifth story that I just want to reflect on is that abortion access in 2019 greatly increased. Abortion is something that I talk about a lot on all things, but in just the first six months of 2019, various states within the U.S. enacted 94 bills expanding access to abortion. 
So abortion rights advocates no longer desire abortion to be safe, legal, and rare, but rather they now frame it as essential health care for all women, all the time, under any circumstances. This issue seriously grieves me and concerns me, especially as we see such extreme measures such as the abortion pill being mandated to be made available at public universities in states like California. I think we're going to see a huge increase in trauma and depression as young women and girls follow the violent counsel of abortion providers in their communities and on their campuses. So because of Trump's pro-life appointments to the Supreme Court, for which I am grateful, abortion advocates are digging in. In fact, Planned Parenthood has committed $45 million in donations to support candidates in local, state, and national elections who support abortion rights in the coming year. While I could have mentioned so many other headlines, trust me, I wanted to mention a ton. There's, of course, advancements in transgender freedoms and protections. I talked about that a bit on episode 12. There's the opioid crisis, climate change, covered that in episode 30, Brexit, Trump being the first president to visit North Korea, the DMZ in North Korea. Of course, there were mass shootings in mosques, churches, synagogues, Walmart, and then there's the crisis in Venezuela, and so many more. But those five are at least some of the big headlines from the past 12 months, and if you're heading into 2020 with a heavy heart, I think it's with good reason because these are heavy news stories. And if you're like me, when you read the news or you listen to podcasts like this or other news uh, outlets, you are overwhelmed. You wonder how the human race can even make it another day. You find yourself crying out to the Lord to come back quickly. Or maybe you feel like, what in the world can I do? How can I help? How can, how can I help Christians in Nigeria or girls in India or even the middle schooler down the street with gender dysphoria? How can I make a difference in institutionalized racism? How can my small voice help in curtailing abortion access? What can I do? I feel that daily and I'm guessing you do too. Well, here is really the problem. Our 24-hour access to global headlines through our smartphones, through cable news, through social media, the radio, podcasts, you and I have nonstop awareness of what is happening all over the world all the time. And this awareness makes us omniscient. It makes us all-knowing. Okay, so not really, not literally. Literally, only God is omniscient. But it's like we're omniscient. It's like we are totally aware all the time of everything happening everywhere. We are more omniscient than any generation before us. But the problem is, you and I are also not omnipotent or omnipresent. We have the knowledge, but we don't have the power or the presence to actually do much about it. So the media delivers us the news and the information making us godlike somewhat in that way, making us omniscient in that way. But then we don't have the resources to help or to take any action. You and I are left feeling powerless, like our hands are tied. We've got this terrible knowledge, and then we've got no way to help. So in this technological age where we're feeling omniscient but not omnipotent, what can we do? Well, I think we've got to recognize, first of all, this reality. We need to just acknowledge that we have so much information coming at us, but we are small, finite human beings, and we just can't do much about it. That is very scary. That's very discouraging. Really, it's a recipe for depression and at very least a doomsday outlook, which I see is growing, especially amongst young people. How can we cope with this imbalance of awareness and ability? Okay, so I've got, let's see, seven, seven tips for that. First, 
Read the word of God first thing in the morning. Remember who is sitting on the throne. We've got to renew our minds. My tip is don't look at news, social media, email, anything else until you've read at least a small dose of the word of God. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to read chapters and chapters of the word, but maybe a psalm, just something to orient your mind first thing in the morning, a quick read and a quick prayer to remember who is God, how he's capable, how he really is omniscient, how he really is omnipotent. And then I think after we we renew our minds, then we're more prepared to look at our phones and to see what the news headlines are today. This one, number two, totally obvious, just limit your screen time because you are a fragile, finite human being, and so am I, we really can't handle to bear the weight of headlines all day, every day. So let's just limit our awareness. Let's carefully choose and select what news outlets we're going to look at and just take what we can handle one day at a time. Okay, number three, set your budget ahead of time. So here's what I'm talking about. If you sit down and budget, especially with 2020 coming ahead, sit down and budget and carefully lay out what you are going to give every month to what I think are three areas that scripture mandates giving to the poor and the oppressed or orphans, widows, those who are hurting, those who are impoverished, that would be the first area. Giving to missions, to global missions, to the spread of the name of Christ around the world. And third, to your local church. So if you set your budget ahead of time for those three areas and you are already giving sacrificially to these areas, then when crisis strikes, when headlines come across your screen, you can know that you are already pushing back the darkness with your finances. You are already shining the light of Christ in these areas is because of the way that you've budgeted and you are able to give more and to give generously because you've budgeted for that. And then maybe even set aside a little bit so that when things like hurricanes happen or earthquakes happen or fires happen or a friend wants to adopt or has a specific need because of a sickness, then you've got extra money available to invest in the kingdom in that way. So set your budget ahead of time so that when news headlines come across your screen, you can say before God and to yourself, I am already investing in the solution because I have budgeted carefully. I think the same number four would be with your schedule. Schedule ahead of time to be serving, whether it's through mission trips, whether it's through local activity, ideally would be both, or in your church or in your neighborhood or in community, wherever. How are you giving of your time, of your your skills, of what God has given you to the poor and to the oppressed, to missions, to your local church? Schedule ahead of time how to give of yourself in those ways. Okay, fifth, exercise influence where you can. This is really just loving your neighbor. You might not be able to single-handedly take down Roe v. Wade, but you can volunteer at your crisis pregnancy center. You might not be able to stop all school shootings, but you can invite the neighbor kids over to your house and you can pray. So exercise influence where you can. Do what God has called you to do by loving him and loving your neighbors right where he has placed you. And of course, exercise the gift of prayer. Pray for all of these things as much as you can. Number six, remember the meta-narrative of scripture. What do I mean by that? Well, the the big story of the Bible, and I'm not going to go into this because it would take too much time, but it's really in four parts. We were created, sin entered the world, and we had the fall. Jesus came and we have redemption. And in the future, we're going to have restoration or consummation. So we're living in this period of already, not yet. Christ has already come. He has indeed redeemed us and rescued us. Praise God. Truly, for those of us who are in Christ, our 
biggest problem has been solved. There's no bigger problem than being separated from the love of Christ. But those of us who have been reconciled and rescued and redeemed, we have been united to Christ and our biggest problem has been solved. But we are not yet to restoration. We are not yet to consummation. A day is coming when Jesus will return and he will reign in the new heavens and the new earth and we, his people, will be united with him. Then there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, but we're not there yet. But remember, that is the meta-narrative scripture. That's the meta-narrative of what's true and what's real and restoration is coming. Finally, number seven, remember that God will have the final say. Psalm 103 verse six is a huge comfort to me when I feel overwhelmed by the headlines. That particular verse says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. So when I look at what my friends of color endure or what the unborn endure or what girls around the globe endure, what the Kurds are enduring, what's happening in Hong Kong, I remember God will indeed work righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Our God is sovereign. He is good. He is trustworthy. And he will have the final say. He is just. He will work justice. There are so many Psalms where the psalmist cries out to the Lord, Lord, why do the wicked prosper? Why why does it look like those who seek evil are just having so much success in this lifetime? And it seemed that way for all of time. That seems like the wicked prosper. But ultimately, friends, they will not. Our good God is watching and he will mete out justice. Now that doesn't mean that I don't take an active role now. No, I am giving and I am going and I am praying. I'm doing all that God has allowed me to do in this lifetime. I'm actively participating in seeking justice now, but my hope is not in the fruit that I will produce through those activities. My hope is in the rule and dominion of God and what he is doing now and what he will do forever more. Well, friends, that is a wrap for 2019. Happy New Year's to all of you. I look forward to chatting with you next week, which will also be next year. Thanks for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now.